0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Welcome Mentality. And, and today we have a very special guest. She is the prolific owner of Tackle What's Next. She's the CEO and founder of Tackle What's Next. I am so happy. It's my honor to present Daniel Bourbon. Thank you for being on the show with us today. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you guys. It's such a great, exciting opportunity to be here and, and chat with you. I love what you guys are doing at Walk On Nation. So thanks for having me.
0: Definitely. And I, let's get straight into it. I didn't want to do it myself. I want you to tell the audience, the folks, what is tackles? What's next? What do you guys do? Everything you're involved in. Let the world know.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, so we work with athletes both in the college and professional space, um, helping them prioritize themselves in their next chapter and really helping them find that purpose and create an impact in their next chapter. Um, we're big on community and storytelling. Um, Michael, you just spoke at one of our events, and, and we really do try and pull athlete stories from those that have gone, you know, and gone through the transition are still going through that transition into what's next and and share what's working, what's not the challenges, the opportunities. Um, But you know, I think the big thing for me is, is once you hear what other folks are doing, it becomes more real and tangible for you. So I think storytelling is such a big part of what we do through our events and content, but really it's all about athletes investing in themselves um, and kind of doing what they want versus what they think they're supposed to do or following like the path that somebody else has laid out for them.
2: Mm. Um, so what led you to wanting to start this organization? Because I think this is, is such a great, um, not, I don't even want to say a cause because it's, it's such a needed thing. It's such a great uh, platform. So what, what events led you to uh, put this together?
1: Yeah, well thank you for saying that. Um, you know, I think I worked for a former athlete right out of college who didn't need a taco at snacks. He he football was like a afterthought to him. It kind of was like a leverage kind of how we hope all athletes eventually think about this. It was kind of like I'm using football to get where I want to go. I have my master plan. Um, and he played for just a couple of years in in the league and I worked with his nonprofit. I worked with some of his events and and um consulting opportunities in the sports space and outside of it. And I really started to see the differences between um him and his some of his teammates that played for a really long time, maybe didn't have that drive or that entrepreneurial, you know, spirit to kind of create something on their own. Um, And you know, I think the big thing I noticed was that like there really wasn't a place to go next. And that's that's what kind of stuck with me. I worked for him for about five years. And then when I decided to leave sports for a while, kind of figure out what was next for me, this idea of like, why is there not a place for athletes to go when they graduate or when they retire that can help them figure this out? Right. I feel like every part of an athlete's life is like, this is the plan. This is the plan. This is the plan. And then when you graduate or retire, it's like nothing. It's like, go, thanks for your help. You did it. Go do whatever now, figure it out. There's no plan, which is true. You have to create your own, but you know, I think, and you guys have the same similar experience with their own, you know, careers in sports. And I think it's, you have such drive, motivation, passion. You just need the tools to, to apply it to something else. And so it was really just about like, how do I create something that someone could go to, get the tools they need, whether it's just attending an event or getting more one-on-one support, right? Every person is gonna to be totally different in what they need, but can't there just be a place for someone to go, right? That they know that they can get some information Um, so I would say it kind of came out of that, that passion that I had of like, I know people that could help right in my own network and in athletes I'd met before that have gone on to do amazing things. And then honestly, it just kind of started with me putting some events together. Didn't think about putting a business together with it, but I was like, well, just put some events together. I'm doing some event consulting work. I know how to throw an event. Like, I'll just put this together and start building the community and, um, just kind of steamrolled from there. You know, people were like, what else? Where's the website? What else is going on with it? You know, what services do you offer? And I was like, nothing. This was it. This was the plan. Um, so then it was kind of like, all right, well, what what do we need to do? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was ever a plan to create tackle what's next to business, but the community piece was really what what I wanted to build. And so now we're just putting that business aspect behind it so we can scale it, get it out to schools, get it out to Teams too eventually, and be able to say like this is stuff you need to be teaching your athletes from the get um, that this is important. Um, but yeah, I, I think just that idea of like there has to be somewhere to support, and and we have an industry based off of athletes, right? Without athletes, sports industry wouldn't exist. So my mantra as a sport professional is like we have to give back to those that built this industry. That that's why I have a job. That's why I have the opportunity to be here. Um, so yeah, I just, I feel personal responsibility and I feel like the industry deserves, you know, that we need to treat athletes better. They deserve better from the industry. They have put their whole lives into creating. Um, so that's really where it came from.
0: That's definitely the truth. The industry, it's funny you say that the industry deserves to treat athletes better because if they did treat athletes better, honestly, we wouldn't be here doing what we were supposed to be doing. If they, the alumni program actually was an alumni program and helped athletes after they were done playing instead of asking for money to come to this and fundraise instead maybe try to get athlete a job or something or help us network or help us with our resume once we leave it's like okay next batch comes in even for the batch that's in me and Tristan are experienced it sometimes student athlete welfare development office doesn't do their job or even connect with the athletes so the athletes bring us our job. We don't do our justice and due diligence to serve them. And we're so blessed to have people like you who can see that and understand that, like, you know what, this is an actual need that we need these athletes. Without us, I mean, without the athletes, there wouldn't be us. And we really, truly need to serve them. And there's people like you that gives athletes and people like me and Tristan hope that the future is bright. Because without what you do, who knows what to be next for athletes. It'll just be the constant cycle and we will never be able to break that cycle. Like and Tristan and I will say, we thank you for doing what you do. It's definitely appreciated for sure.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. I, first of all, it's really, really nice of you to say that. I hope that there's others and I know that there are others. In fact, besides, I mean, I'm sitting in front of two two people that are also committing to do this work, which I think is awesome. And I think that's one of the most fun things I love about this space is there are people in the athlete kind of transition and athlete support space that they want to really help change this. And I think it's, we're so early in this stage, like this is just becoming something that's almost normal now. Um, So I think we're just at the start, like it's only going to get more and more. I mean, these young people coming out, they're already, you know, look at a Trevor Lawrence, look at all these people that are just like, my sport doesn't need to define me for me to be amazing at it. I don't need to be only an athlete. And I think it's because of all of these fantastic folks that have trailblazed that and, and kind of stuck their neck out to say, yeah, this is okay and we're fine. But I think now it's, now there has to be some kind of a program accountability. How do we make sure that that's happening? And it's not just those that are lucky enough to have the opportunity to find resources and afford that and all that. But yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's certainly a vicious cycle um, and unfortunately, it's really not fair. You know, the sports industry makes a ton of money. And, and I think it, the least we could do as an industry is support the athletes as they leave the athletic field into a career somewhere. It doesn't have to be sports, but just supporting them and building those skills.
2: Definitely. definitely. And uh, you mentioned something in your last response that really caught my ear and I, I'm curious about it is when you created this, this company, this organization, you started with the culture first, like you created a community first and then you built from there whereas a lot of companies is like the brick and mortar like the foundation then okay now let's make a community that's now let's make a culture behind it um would you I guess what what would your advice be to future entrepreneurs creating their business on how important that piece of it is
1: yeah I think you you hit the nail on the head it's that culture is everything I mean I think people do focus and you have to, right? The revenue side is really important. If you have the culture and, and no way to make it sustainable, you know, okay, maybe it's not a business idea, maybe it's something else. Um, but I think the culture is what keeps it going. And, you know, I was talking to someone earlier today that was like, you know, what do you think you're, you know, like, I, I feeling, I'm feeling unmotivated. Like, what, what, do I, what can I do? And I was like, you need to find something outside of yourself that can motivate you. Like, what are you doing for other people? What is the impact that you're having? Because if it's just for you, that's great. But like, there are going to be days where you just don't feel like doing it, and doing something for you is not going to be good enough. So you need to have those those uh, that that community sense that someone else is is out there and benefiting from your work or working with you that you want to support. And so I think the culture piece, it, especially when you're building something new, tackle what's next would not be possible without the support of folks that bought into the culture, bought into the community. And embrace it and spread it. You know, I I could have only taken this so far, but folks that came in and were like, I believe in what you're doing and I want to push this out. I owe all of the success of the Tackle What's Next brand and the Tackle What's Next events that we're doing to those folks that met me, talked to me, we built relationships, and they were like, I love this, I'm all in. So I do think like, yeah, you need that idea. Yeah. You need to know like what the business will do, but if you have the end in mind and you can say, okay, well, what impact do I want to make? What's that culture? What's that community? Then you could have a couple of different products. And if that community's bought in, you know, services, products, they're, they're in. So I think it is so important. I think people forget that building a business is really about making an impact. It's not necessarily about making money. Um, and, you know, obviously that's a big part of it, but I think you have to focus on the impact that you want to make. What problem are you solving instead of what's the ROI? You know, I think for me, if I wanted to focus on an industry with an ROI that was given, it wouldn't be athlete career transition because it's going to take a while to get to the point where our industry is ready for that to be money-making. But my, that's not why I started this. I started this for the impact piece. So my advice would be like, think about what change you want to make, not you know, what the product is or what the service is. Like, what what change do you want to make in the world? And how can you do that? I love people. I love talking to people. I love meeting people. I love connecting people. And so building a community was a natural fit for me. Um, It might not be for someone else and that's totally fine. They might be able to do something and achieve the same goal that I am in a different way because they have other strengths. And that's why it's important to collaborate with others too Um, You know, I think that's, that's a part of it. So yeah, I think impact and just understanding your strengths are really important when it comes to building something new, or just even looking at what's next for you. It doesn't even have to be building a business. It could be taking a job, looking at a career path. Those are two really important things to think about.
0: Definitely. And you brought up a very great point that you have to find an impact for your company. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you can figure out a product, how you're going to sell it. But after a while, if you don't have that impact and passion behind it, you yourself are going to dwindle out anyway. Like, well, I'm not really making money. I don't do this anymore. You have no passion behind it. But now that you have a passion, you can build that community and everything comes behind it. And people want to follow that. People want to be behind that. Exactly. Like you said, The money will come eventually. But if you have that passion and you know you're making an impact, everything from else comes easier after that. And on top of that, I want to ask you this question. Since I know you have that passion behind it, how did Tackle What's Next tackle COVID and everything that happened with that? How did you guys bounce back and come back from that?
1: Yeah, so we definitely tackled COVID, I would say, by, by doing exactly what I just said. We focused on the impact and not what we were doing before or how we had done things. We really benefited from the fact that we were really only like a year old, not even when COVID hit. So we didn't have a ton of like systems in place, companies, clients where we were like, we have to keep going this way. Um, but how we tackled it was really, we just said, what is the end goal? And our end goal was getting resources out, which are more important than, than, than ever to athletes about what they could do during the time of no sports, right. Or sports being changed or canceled, postponed, whatever, and how they could use this time to kind of prepare and, and use it as like a, as a test for like this is kind of your test run for when sports is over for real. Um, it was, it gave, I think a lot of, especially college athletes and, and maybe professional athletes that kind of had that thought in the back of their mind, like, uh oh, this might not go on for too much longer. Like that little chance to explore it and kind of try it on for size, knowing that things would pick back up. Um, but we really focused on what do they need. And in, in my conversations and in doing some of that diligence, it was like, they want to know resources, opportunities, what can they be taking advantage of during this time? So we were doing a lot of in-person events before that. And we were trying to sell sponsorships and create, you know, connections between athletes and execs and all these different things. And we said, you know, we can still do events digitally, um, virtually, we can just reach out to more people. And so we started to reach out to like-minded organizations and, and athletes that had reached out to us to say, how can we help? How can we support? And we were like, Now's the time, we need your help. We're gonna put a bunch of events together. So we changed the in-person event to a, a virtual summit and had all our speakers join on Zoom. And that was great. We had so many people jump on, they loved it. They were enjoying all the conversations and the resources. And that was kind of like, well, we could reach so many more people. We could have speakers from all over the country. We don't have to localize, you know, our events. Why don't we buy into this virtual model we can just do everything virtually and maybe throw some in-person stuff in down the road. So I think we just, we were flexible. I think I took that perspective of like, it doesn't really matter how we do it as long as we reach that end goal. Um, And I think the other thing too, is understanding that like everyone was in the same place in COVID. Like everyone was at that same point of like, nobody knew what was going on. There was no one that was like, I knew this was gonna happen. I was ready for this. Like it was totally unknown territory for everyone. So I just feel like there were a lot more opportunities for, to try new things. And I took advantage of that a lot and worked with some companies that probably never would have worked with me before if it hadn't been for COVID, because they were like, this sounds cool. We've never done something like this. We've never partnered on an event like this, but we're trying all kinds of new things because you know, the norm doesn't work anymore. And so we took advantage of that and just made a bunch of relationships, built a bunch of event platforms, or excuse me, built a bunch of events on our platform and created some content series too. We just thought, let's just go all in on the digital and the virtual, um, keep that storytelling and community going just online, like where everyone else is. And hopefully we can bring it back in person soon for some things, Um, but it's been working really well. And I think it's sad to say that we benefited from the pandemic, but I do think that it woke a lot of people up about kind of getting themselves together. I wouldn't even say it's just athletes. I think many people were like, oh, I'm good. going to move to the city I always wanted to move to, or I'm going to, you know, spend more time with my family, switch careers. Like, I just think a lot of people had that kind of wake up call of like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? And, um, we kind of took advantage of that as a business to kind of go, is this really where the path we want to go down? Like, are we serious about this events path? And maybe not. And so that's where we kind of took that time to like pause, regroup, refocus, and then kind of push a bunch of stuff out. And now we're we're excited to kind of cut the fat and just keep what's really working that we've been kind of thrown at the wall last year, kind of systemize and, and make it sustainable.
2: Yeah, I love that. I use that term all the time: trimming the fat, getting rid of what's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be able to adapt. Yeah, you adapt, you will die for sure. Yeah. So, in this past year, doing making all these pivots and transitions, what do you see? y'all doing in the next couple years five years ten years however you know whatever the scale looks like for y'all with digital in-person hybrid whatever what does that look like for y'all
1: yeah so it's actually conversations we're having right now I think things are starting to people are starting to get vaccinated right things are starting to open up Um, and I think definitely the rest of this year will probably be mostly virtual I doubt we'll try and be the first on some in-person events. It's gonna be a little expensive. I kind of want to see how some of these big companies with some in-house legal counsel handle all the COVID restrictions. Let them, sure. you know, take the take the heat um, with their their budgets. Um, but I think that the goal for us is to be able to. Um, reach folks in different ways. So right now we've been obviously huge on the virtual and we're gonna continue that. We'd love to sprinkle in some in-person, but one thing we've been trying to get more involved in is programming. So how do we take what we're doing from the community side and bring that to another community? So talking about schools, teams, players associations, whatever it is, how do we take what we're talking about to the athletes that have invested in themselves and opted into our network and bring it where the athletes already are and in convince and talk to schools just like you said those that maybe like aren't doing anything very much or what they're doing is kind of like meh right like okay they have a department but is it doing things is it actually resonating and reaching the kids vice versa with like pro teams that kind of like have a person there, but they don't have experience doing this, maybe that they've never worked outside of, you know, playing professionally. And so they don't know how to do some of this stuff. Um, Our goal would be like, let's get this Tackle What's Next community and, and get some programs that we can push to these institutions and into these teams and into these associations to say, let us help you create that community. Let us help you create those conversations, whether you work with us to do it, or whether you take what we're doing and adopt it for you. I think the goal for me is like 20 years from now, tackle what's next doesn't need to be here because Mm -hmm. everyone's already doing this. This is already common knowledge. The industry has embraced it and put it into when you start little league at age seven, you're also being told, guess what? Homework's important too. And this is not necessarily your ticket, right? You, You can't bank on this for life. Like I just think a lot of the the pro like the stereotypical is like oh you played sports you're fine like you have if you played a professional if you have money you're good like everything's all set and it's just not the case for all, many 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 people um, and so my goal is like we have to reach people where they are and we have to start bridging those gaps between the big big athletic departments or even the small athletic departments and the small teams and the big leagues and professional uh, sports that are saying we want to prioritize this but There's no top down, right? It's not something that's being supported from like the very top. So they have to kind of be creative. We wanna say like, if it's easy, just use what we're doing and tweak it for your own communities. But our goal would be that we wouldn't need to exist anymore. That there's something like what we're doing within every team, within every um, athletic department that they can be doing with with their young people that again, by the time they get to retirement in sports or get to graduating from their collegiate athletic career, this isn't something that they need to learn it's something that they've been learning and can now just move forward because they've been prepared for this the whole time um but yeah we're we're trying to start those conversations and fingers crossed we'll be able to get some movement there it might take us 10 years to really get to that place but that's that's really the long-term pie in the sky goal for us is that obviously what we're doing is amazing and we love it and we want to keep building this this community of our own but i think to really make an impact, we want to continue to convince other people that this is important and help them build this themselves, right? It's collaboration, it's best practices, sharing what works, and hopefully reaching the many, as many people as possible with the message.
0: That's great. And you brought up a great point that I wanted to pinpoint, which was that you don't want to be doing this in 20 years. So the people that really care for the athletes and really want to support the athletes, our goal is to make sure that we don't have to exist anymore like I said earlier, it's not for us as a business. Yeah, we'll make money and revenue, but the purpose and impact is to make sure this isn't a problem anymore. And it's great to hear you say that in 20 years, you don't want to be doing this because everyone else figured it out. We just want to help you figure it out. So by the time we leave, you guys got it. We don't want to do this anymore. And I think that's so powerful to hear from you because some people in this industry do it for them and know they can leech off athletes and mooch off of them but the people that truly care and are passionate about it want to be done after a while we don't want to do this anymore only because we want to be a normal thing like you said and that's so great that you say that because i mean we already meshed as the two companies together but just hearing that even it reaffirms what we already knew which is that two passionate companies really looking out for the athletes not for revenue and i really i'm glad to hear that yeah,
1: I think it's that social entrepreneurship model, right, that, that I feel like is new and kind of talked about a little bit. But like the goal isn't to like keep the business going or like to make the money. The goal is the problem is solved. And we both have the same problem we're trying to solve, which is athletes are not being taken care of when they retire or when they graduate from sports. Um, and they're not they're not navigating what's next. Well, and there's an easy solution, which is educate them teach them how to do that so that this isn't a problem when they are out there on their own and then we can't reach them anymore. Right. Then we're trying to find them. Um, so yeah, I think it's again, back to like focusing on the end game, focusing on the impact, you know, I think every business should have an end game. Like what does success look like? (laughs) Success looks like I can close tackle what's next and say job all done. Everybody's got this. I'm good. I'm going to head out and try something new. Um, and, and, you know, that could be 20 years from now, could be 10 years from now, who knows, but, um, that's where I look at everything we do is like, how does this work towards us no longer needing to be in existence because the problem is solved.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're this is not the medical industry. You know I'm saying? We're being proactive, not reactive to, to the issue for sure. Exactly. A thousand percent. So where, where can people student athletes coaches admin, admin whatever where can they find you where can they reach you and, and, uh, and connect with you
1: yeah so you can find us at our website at tackle what's next.com um, you can also follow us on social media anywhere at tackle what's next um, I am uh, also on social media at Danielle Berman underscore and then obviously you can reach out to us on our website we're a very small team so if you email us I'm getting the email, so it's it's not <laughs> you're not gonna have to jump through a bunch of hoops. It's coming to me. Maybe my part timer will get it, um, but one of us will get back to you um, if you have any questions or want to learn more about our work. But um, would love to connect with anyone interested in learning more about what we do. Beautiful,
0: you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. But before we leave, Danielle, we have to ask you our infamous question. I don't know. Doesn't count. Eh, it's not an answer. We need your honest answer are you prepared? Who are your top three favorite music artists right now?
1: Oh my gosh. that is such a tough question. Okay. Right now I would say, (sighs) sorry, now I'm going through all of mine and trying to pick a top three. So one that stays in my top three, which I'm sure everybody here is going to be like, oh my God, so annoying, is Coldplay. I love them so much. I've loved them my entire life and they're just fantastic. I could listen to them every day and not get sick of them. Um, I also really love, um, well, I guess I love both of them, Meek Mill and Drake. I was very sad when they were not getting along. And now that they're making music again, I'm very excited (laughs) about it because I think they're both great. So they're both awesome. And then I would also say, I really love, um, uh, uh, Jasmine Sullivan. She's fantastic. Um, her new album that came out was, very, I was very excited when she was at the Super Bowl. I was like, "Ooh!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true. she would definitely be up there for me. um She's great. I mean, there's so many like her. I mean, there's I mean, there's just there's a ton I could be naming, but you said three, so I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I named four, so I'm gonna stop it there. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's great four, Danielle. You've okay, good. You young lady,
0: you're wow. going. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I liked you, but now, wow, great. <laughs> <laughs> You got some
2: spunk to you, young lady.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank you. I'm glad you guys approve. I didn't I started out with, I was like, oh, God, they're going to be like, we got to end the interview. It's not going uh, well.
2: it's <laughs> cool. Coldplay is cool. Coldplay. Oh, I, yeah. I did not expect uh, a Jasmine Sullivan. I did not expect that one. Alex <laughs> from right field. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. I like I, And I like how you put <laughs> Drake and Nico weren't getting along. That's so cool. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: They weren't seeing eye to eye on things. Yeah,
1: either. yeah, that, that, that's all I'll say. You know, everybody knows the story, you know.
0: <laughs> Danielle, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. We had a real good conversation. We definitely enjoyed it.
1: No, thank you guys. It was great to chat. Thanks again for having me on the platform. And, and again, like we were saying earlier, thank you for all you're doing at Walk On Nation. Um, It's been so great to connect um, and, and be able to work with you guys a little bit. And I look forward to future opportunities to do that. So thanks for having me on.
0: Definitely, definitely. We will definitely be connected. Ladies and gentlemen, that's another episode of Walk On Mentality. We'll see you again next week.